Welcome to Coffee and an Interview. I'm Jacqueline Pena, and I'm here today with Kimberly Malusis to talk about the topic of forgiveness. So before we get started, Kimberly, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and how did you get here? Those are such great questions, and I'm so glad to be here, by the way. I don't drink coffee, but I love this idea of connecting over a casual cup of drink. So uh, thank you for having me. So how did I get here? This is a big journey I've been on, you know, um, coming from a background where professionally I was a CPA tax specialist to now being an essential oil guru slash entrepreneur. It's a big uh, step that way. And I guess even just from a personal perspective, going from the background where I was kind of a, you know, kid that was in the rough part of town um, with a very broken family to the place where, um, you know, I'm able to help literally thousands of people through my business and the coaching and, um, and being in a place where I feel so emotionally well, that's a big journey too. So both of those have a big story behind them. And um, so I know today we're here, we're going to talk about this big topic, really big topic of forgiveness together. Mm-hmm. Um, and your journey kind of leads us into how you got into working on forgiveness mm-hmm. with people. And I want to talk a little bit about um, how you got there from being a CPA. Um, I know you have a course. I know you have a business. Do you want to talk us through a little bit of what you learned as you transitioned into your business and started building your course that led to this, um, to your work on forgiveness? Yeah. So I think what happened was, um, well, the transition to my, my business was kind of motivated by a desire to be more, to do more. I mean, I love my work in, in an office, but I really felt like I was called to make an impact on people's lives and not just do tax returns. You know, as much as that sounds awesome, I'm sure for everybody, taxes, yay. Um, I felt really called to make an impact on people's lives. And I didn't know what that was going to look like. But, you know, funny thing, when you start on a journey, you don't always know where it's going to end, but you just take that first step and then you kind of see where the next one is. And so, you know, lo and behold, here I am, uh, entrepreneur um, on, in essential oils, especially, which if you knew me personally, it wouldn't be that big of a stretch because I'd always been interested in natural health. But from a professional perspective, it was quite a switch. But what happened, I suppose, is that, you know, many years of doing my essential oil business, I kept getting this situation happened and the situation would look like this people would come to me and they would say kimberly i've got this issue and that issue so they would label them up you know diabetes fibromyalgia eczema uh, asthma heart disease and they would label it and i would think oh my goodness are you even alive you know and then the question would follow what oil can i use and i would be like dumbfounded and think, wow, you are expecting a lot out of an oil. And (laughs) oils are amazing. There's complex chemistry. There's so much that oils can do. And we really do joke that, you know, there's an oil for that because there's an oil for so many things. But I needed them to understand that it was going to be bigger than just, you know, getting, we had to get out of that mindset of a pill for every ill. You can't just replace it with an oil for every ill it really did require a complex approach. It was about what did they think? What did they eat? You know, how did they move their bodies? And that kind of set in motion a desire for me to create a customer education program, which then set in motion a desire, a desire for me to be very self-reflective about my own situation. 
because I reflected that, you know, here I was 50 years old, more physically well, emotionally well, mentally well, financially well, spiritually connected than at any other time in my life. And if you look at where I came from, you know, kid on the wrong side of the town from very bad background, how did I get to where I was that at 50 years old, I didn't have a list of health issues. I had a list of amazing things in my life. And as I reflected, I realized if it just happened to me because I was lucky, well, that's not too helpful for people. But if it happened to me because I applied certain principles and I could teach those principles, then I knew that abundance was available and accessible for everyone. And of course, forgiveness is a huge part of that because our, our relationships massively affect our emotional health and our physical health and even our spiritual health. And forgiveness is a huge part of that. This one is a, a tough one perhaps, but how, how would you describe forgiveness? What is forgiveness? This is such a great question because I think part of the reason why people get hung up in not wanting to forgive is because they misunderstand what it is. And I'll give you an example. Imagine that you have Billy and, and Johnny and they're playing a game and Billy hits Johnny over the head. Well, what does the mom do? The mom steps in and says, you know, Billy, say sorry to Johnny. And, you know, reluctantly or, or otherwise, Billy will say sorry to Johnny. And then what is Johnny expected to say? Usually, he's expected to say, it's okay. And when we ask a child or when we're expected ourselves to say, it's okay, something inside of us says, wait a minute. <laughs> What that person did was not okay. I don't want to forgive them. I'm not going to say that was okay. I mean, I was sexually abused for a huge portion of my teenage years by my mother's boyfriend. Was that okay? No. So why on earth would I want to forgive if what I'm saying is, oh, that's okay. Because when you say I forgive you, you're not saying it's okay. To understand forgiveness, you have to understand that what happened when someone did something to you is that they owed you something. They owe you an apology. They owe you, maybe they broke something and they owe that to you. Maybe they owe you, you know, um, some kind of, uh, you know, restoration. Whatever it is, they owe you something. But the story I think that really highlights this is a story in the Bible about the un unmerciful servant and he was forgiven a little bit, uh, sorry, a huge debt and he refused to forgive his brother or his fellow servant even a little bit. But I like that story and we can go into it more, but I like it because it talks about a debt because what forgiveness really is, is releasing somebody from a debt that they owe you. And I guess the next question would be, why would you want to release somebody from a debt that they owe you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about that now? Yeah, and uh, I, I wanted to mention that, um, yeah, why, why would we? Because I'm going through my own challenges with forgiveness. You were talking about um, growing up with an alcoholic parent and that uh, alcohol abuse leading to a disease very similar to dementia and now having to care for that person. 
and um, trying to come to terms with all of it. I think that's part of what um, attracted me so much to the topic of forgiveness as well, as well as helping a lot of students and, and team members and family members and friends through these processes as well. So yeah, t- tell me why. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's an important question, like why, right? And I, I feel like, um, you know, if it's okay for me to kind of refer back to that story, because I, I'm a Christian, so I, even if people aren't Christian, I tend to refer back to Bible stories because I feel like there's so, so much that people can access in terms of truth from that. So in the, in the story, um, what happened was that there was two, this, this one servant, and he owed a lot of money to his master. It was the equivalent of millions of dollars. And the master was going to, you know, put him in prison until he could pay back everything. And he begged for forgiveness. He said, please, can you just give me more time? And the master had, you know, um, had mercy on him and forgave his debt. He said, okay, you don't owe me anything. So millions of dollars of debt gone like that. And then what happened next was uh, he met a fellow servant on his way, you know, having left his master's house. He met a fellow servant who owed him the equivalent of about a hundred dollars. And he said to his servant, give me back my money. And the servant begged him and said, please, can I have more time? And he said, no. And he forced that other servant to go to prison until he could pay back everything that he owed. And so when the master found out about it, the master said, well, you're wicked. You should have, I forgave you like a million dollars. You couldn't even forgive a hundred to your fellow you know, servant. And then he sent him to, uh, pr- to prison. And Jesus's words will be, this is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. And there's a couple of really important principles here. First of all, is the fact that we often, like why, why would somebody not forgive $100 when they've just been forgiven a million. Like it, the story is so ridiculous. Like, wouldn't you take the guy out for lunch? <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, no problem. Let's go out to lunch, you know? <laughs> Why? It's because we have what I call a, a forgiveness distortion. And that is that when we see what somebody else has done to us, it looks massive. But when we reflect on what we've done, it doesn't look so bad. So we don't actually perceive that we've been forgiven the million dollars. But what we do perceive is the fact that we're owed a hundred. Give me that hundred. Because that looks so big to us. So we, we kind of diminish in our own eyes what we've done. And we kind of blow up what other people have done. Does that make sense? That I had never thought of it in that way. Uh, it makes perfect sense. But imagine how many times in our lives that perception of what we've done wrong Mm -hmm. and that we've been forgiven is so minimized while what others have done that's so minimal, to use that word again, compared to what we've done can seem so huge and how hard it is for us to forgive. I think it forces us to look at what we ourselves have done uh, and that we've been forgiven for and maybe even that we need to forgive ourselves once we realize it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, like we've all, you've been through some horrid things, you know, and, and I have too. And 
as much as I would like to think that what I've done hasn't been that bad, I suppose the best person to ask about whether what I've done has been that bad is not me. It's the person I've done it to. Mm -hmm. um, and, and ultimately to God, right? Like what does he perceive? And I think the more that I focus on how much I've been forgiven, the more easy it is for me to let go of what other people have done for me or to me. So that's one really important principle. But I think the other one that we can't, um, we can't let go of here is, is Jesus's own words. He said, you know, that the, the, the servant was going to be handed over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. That's how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive from your heart. And, and I kind of look at that and think, mm, no, not worth it. <laughs> I think I'm just going to let that go because the idea of being tortured until I can pay back all I owe, knowing that what I owe is way more than I'll ever be able to pay. I don't really want to be in that position. I would much rather be in the place of not having to go through that and releasing other people and just accepting forgiveness for myself. If I want grace for me, I have to give grace to others. And then, and then I, I think lastly, the other reason why um, we often find it difficult and why to forgive, but why we really need to and why we really want to let go of that debt is because we have to recognize that forgiveness at the end of the day is more for us than it is for the other person. Because as long as we're looking to somebody else to repay a debt, they have control over us to some extent. They have power over us, right? We're looking to them to, um, you know, to give us something. And so at no time can we ever be free of their influence. So maybe they abused us once. Maybe they, you know, swore at us or hit us once. Or maybe even they abused us over three years. But if I never forgave the person who did that to me, then every day of my life, he continues to be able to abuse me. Mm -hmm. But if I let go and I say, you know what? You don't owe me anything. I'm not going to look for anything from you. I don't want anything from you. I'm going to let God deal with you. Then I'm free. And I can truly walk in grace and I can truly walk in uh, freedom because I've let go. There's no longer that string. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the hardest part. Um, we're, in many cases, no one's going to apologize for some of the wrongs that have been done to us, or they might not, they might not even realize the wrongs. I've, I've seen that many times. And, um, and so then we don't forgive the person mm -hmm. and we're always thinking about that pain, that hurt. And it's amazing the kind of power we're additional power we're giving this person because of this one incident or two incidents or this time in our lives. And, and that person doesn't even know that we're thinking about these things and suffering through it. Instead, we're the ones suffering through it. And I see how it can lead to um, a lot of issues, health issues because of the stress. It could lead to um, poor decisions, even, even, even drinking too much or eating too much. Not, you know, it, the emotional and mental toll it just takes on you affects your physical because you don't, you can't let go and letting go is the most difficult thing being able to say you know i release you and taking that power back yeah. uh, but i think most of us don't realize that we're giving our power to someone by always thinking about the wrong and not 
forgiving, but it's just so hard. It's so hard to let go. It's so hard to say, I'm not going to give you that power anymore. I'm going to get over this. I think that's one of the most difficult things when looking at forgiveness for many of us, whether it's for something small, whether in, um, in our personal lives or, you know, at work at the workplace or something really big uh, that happened that maybe spanned years. It's so hard. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people would say that, you know, when Jesus talks about being handed over to the torturers until we be paid back, until we pay back everything that we owe, he's not even necessarily talking about an afterlife, even though that, that could be a thing. We're really handed over currently based on those things that you just said, like maybe we're punishing ourselves by overeating or drinking or whatever. Like, isn't that tormentors in our lives? You know, those are all different kinds of torment that we inflict on ourselves simply by not forgiving. So it's so important. But I want to say this because I feel like I don't want to miss this part. I'm talking about letting go. I'm talking about forgiving. I'm talking about releasing from the debt. And all of that is important. But there's another really important component that I don't want to gloss over. And that is the need for healing. Because imagine that someone broke your arm. You know, you can forgive that person for breaking your arm. You can, you know, release them from your judgments that you may have made over them. But at the end of the day, you still have a broken arm. Mm-hmm. We still need that arm to be healed. And so to the extent that we've been hurt by other people, I don't, I don't want to send the message that it's not important to still seek healing because there's some really serious wounds that were done. And uh, I believe that all of us can get to that place of freedom and healing in our heart. Um, and it's not just going to happen forgiveness will be a huge part of that, but I think that there could be other steps as well. And I just don't want to gloss over that part. That's an excellent point because how how do we move on? How do we fix the broken? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and uh, yeah. So how do, how do we heal Mm -hmm. once we forgive that? That's a, another big question for you, but how do you, how do you help people go through this process of forgiveness and then this process of healing? Yeah, it's such a huge question, you know, because healing has been a huge part of my journey, um, coming out of my background and getting into the business that I do. I mean, I'm in business with people all day, every day, and if I don't have my issues dealt with, they're going to come up, you know, so it's been a constant journey of trying to get healing. Um, So it's not like a, you know, push this button, that's going to fix it solution, but I'll tell you a couple of key things. First of all, um, I I do want to recognize that breaking off judgments is important. So I kind of didn't really talk about that. But when we forgive somebody, um, we let them go. They don't owe us anything. But we, we often make judgments about people. They did this because they were, you know, wicked or because they were evil or they're just, you know, idiots or, you know, and we make judgments about people. But it's really important that we, we don't go there because that can almost be like a false sense of security it can also almost be like still hanging on. So when I forgave my mother's boyfriend for what he did to me, um, I then had to go through a process of not looking at him as a beast, right? So he, I don't know his story. I don't know what he went through. I don't know if he was sexually abused. I don't know. I don't know anything about really what was going on in his head when he did it. And it's not for me to judge. So I just have to break that off. But The other side of it that I think is really important, and this is a key aspect of this whole process, is boundaries. And I think that this becomes a missing component in the forgiveness process. 
because I can forgive my mother's boyfriend for the sexual abuse. I can break off my judgments about why he did it and what that means about him as a person. But I am not going to leave him alone with my children. I'm not. And that's an important boundary to set because until he's repented and I've noticed that there's been a change in his life and I trust that there's been a change in his life, I need to set boundaries. Boundaries are there to protect us. Um, you know, we can forgive, we can break up judgment, but we still need the boundaries. So that's, that's one part. And then from there, you know, we have to maybe erase some of the lies that we are believing in the process because sometimes if uh, something happens to us, we can, we can develop lies, you know. I can't trust men would be an important lie to break off. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I couldn't trust that one but God will show me the ones that I can trust, right? Or, you know, I deserved it because I dressed a certain way or because I was a certain way. Um, we need to break that lie off. So working through what I would call, you know, ungodly beliefs or disempowering beliefs is going to be really important. We have to break agreement with those beliefs and replace them with truth. So that's an important part of the healing journey as well. So it's, it's quite comprehensive and there's other steps that we could talk about, but you get an idea of some of the things that you do. Yeah. And, and definitely um, for that healing process, once we can forgive, once we can let it go, um, breaking up those judgments, mm-hmm. setting those clear boundaries and sticking to them because yeah. I've tried to set boundaries and then I don't stick to them. <laughs> yeah, well, you're living in a situation that's tricky. That's tricky. And, uh, but setting those, uh, and, and I think psychologically, maybe one of the toughest steps might be erasing some of those lies. Yes. Um, those disempowering beliefs, replacing them with truths. Yeah. And, um, and that means that we have to kind of analyze those thoughts mm-hmm. and uh, determine what are those truths and then adopt them, believe them and adopt them. And, um, you know, have them as affirmations, remind ourselves of these truths. Yeah, I actually tell people that when you go through the work um, on the disempowering beliefs and you start breaking them up, after you write out your new beliefs, that's just the beginning of the process. Then you have to go through 40 days of saying it out loud morning and evening because you have to develop a new way of thinking. Mm -hmm. It's going to be easy for you to go back to. You know, I remember the first time I went through um, what was called a healing week. It was a whole process where we did a lot of these steps. Um, I, they had identified 28 um, disempowering beliefs that I had. That's a lot to work through in three hours. Um, but, but one of them was, and the thing is about disempowering beliefs is that it actually feels right. I'll give you an example. It was the one that came up for me was the most appropriate way for me to respond when someone hurts me is to, is to hurt them back. And I thought, yeah, (laughs) of course, you know, you're going to hurt me. You're going to feel it back, you know? And it was, and it just seemed so, so right. You know, when I, when I, of course now I kind of laugh at it, but at the time it was kind of like, well, what's wrong with that? (laughs) You know? So it feels right because it's what we have trained ourselves to do. So I had to spend 40 days trying to retrain myself on a new way to respond instead of trying to hurt back. You know, so it can be a difficult process, but definitely a worthy one. Yeah. 
You know, you, you, you just talked about something interesting too. You said, you know, our instinct is to hurt back. That's, that's what we want to do. And what I've noticed is when we do that, because a lot of us do that, right? And we're going to find that moment to get revenge. We're going, you know, yeah. we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to say this thing and it's going to hurt that person. But then we create yet something else that we do that we have to then forgive ourselves for because it's out of character, because we know it's not the right way, because we know it's not who we want to be or what we want to do. And then it just creates yet another journey of forgiveness and healing for the things we've done. And, uh, And I've experienced that myself, right? And having to forgive myself for some of those wrongs that I've done to people in response to the wrongs that they did to me. So it's like two, two journeys of forgiveness and healing, one for what that person did and then one for everything I did. <laughs> and that is a huge part of it. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because sometimes that gets missed too, is that we have to forgive ourselves sometimes for allowing that person to have influenced us for so long, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so even when I, we talk about breaking off beliefs, like, you know, I, I break off the belief and then the other things I, I forgive myself for allowing myself to believe that and for number one, and judging other people because of that belief, but then, you know, kind of stealing away from my future because of that belief, because it does steal mm-hmm. away from your future. It steals away from the abundance that's supposed to come into your life. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I feel like this is my coaching session right now. <laughs> yeah, this is awesome though. It's, it's good. And it's good for me too, because there's so much happening all the time, especially now with the craziness, right? Um, that we need to constantly come back to these principles and just say, okay, let go, let go, <laughs> break off that belief, you know, and it's, it just becomes a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, this information has been incredible because it's something that we need to use in our personal lives to, mm-hmm. to become better, to become better versions of ourselves for the future, to be happier, mm-hmm. to be more in tune as to who we are and who we want to be and where we're going. Uh, and so in the person, in our personal lives is very important in our professional lives too, because a lot of our stressors in life that affect us also come from work and work is about relationships. We don't work alone. We, re- we think we might think we work alone sometimes, but we really don't. And so uh, managing a lot of that there and, and trying to teach some of these principles to, for example, I'm always thinking about my students, but just students in general to, to our children because there's there's so much going on in the world and i find uh, thinking about like my students who are you know high school and college age and older um, depending on the classes i'm teaching but they're dealing with so much and that is affecting how they feel who they are and who they think they can be versus who they want to be and and um we don't always have the tools we need to navigate some of these things and, uh, and they come from all walks of life. And I'm always thinking, how can I help them? And here's a toolkit that we can give them and anyone of any age and any walk of life and any professional and any personal professional aspect, here's a toolkit that, that you can apply in many different situations and, and that can really help you. That's so important. And just imagine if you know all the United States and all the world would apply those principles now instead of going to where they tend to go to rioting and anger and hatred and like there's so so much of a better way Um, so it's really amazing that you have the opportunity to share those principles with people who are right at the age where they really need to learn it (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. 
Yep. And providing outlets. So I do a lot of work with um, the humanities. So maybe you want to sing through this process, draw through this process, write creatively through this process. So providing them the toolkit, but a process to be able to do it because we can't all communicate like this in a session. We might need another way of processing information and what's happened and, and what we're doing about it. Yeah, that's huge. There's a lot of repressed emotions that people don't even know how to access. Mm-hmm. Memories they don't know how to access, emotion they don't know how to express. So that's so good. Good for you. Yeah. So this is wonderful. Um, do you have any um, tips or any advice for any of us? I mean, you have provided us with this amazing toolkit that I think we can all walk away. And, you know, I know I'll have to listen to this episode a few times because there's so many different aspects of my life where I can apply this toolkit of, uh, you know, forgiveness and healing. Um, But do you have any final words of advice or any tips for us that you might want to share here in the interview? Yeah, I would just say that I know what it is to uh, be so hurt and so wounded that you don't even want to forgive. Um, like you kind of do, but you really don't because uh, you're afraid. Frankly, you're afraid of what that's going to mean. And you're afraid that if you forgive, you will get hurt again. And that was a huge part of my journey. Um, I had what I would call a victim mindset. Uh, I had been wounded and hurt by so many different people. My father, my, my mother's boyfriend, my sister's brothers, they were all older than me. Um, and, and then school people. And I, I always seemed to be the one that was picked on, you know? And so uh, it took me a while to get out of that victim mindset and to realize that my past did not define me. And I was able to create my future based on the choices that I was going to make from then on. And forgiveness was a huge, huge part of that. Um, I, I just asked God to help me to want to forgive at the beginning. And then Help me to make the first step. And forgiveness is like an onion. It is sometimes that you have to go through many, many layers of it. Um, but I love this quote by Lewis Meeks where he says, you know, forgiveness is to set a prisoner free and to realize that you were the prisoner. And I think that that's a perfect way to look at it is do we really want to spend the rest of our lives caged or do we want to walk in freedom? Because forgiveness is the key that will help us to get to that place of freedom. And again, it doesn't mean you have to go back into a relationship with that person. Boundaries might tell you that you need to, you know, just keep uh, that person at arm's length or out of your life altogether. And I really recommend the book Boundaries by Henry Cloud and Bill Townsend. It's one of the best books I've ever read. Really helped me to get over um, that that whole uncomfortable place between forgiving and what's next that's called boundaries and it's really phenomenal so i would say just no matter how bad your situation has been know that freedom is ahead know that the future you can create just choose to let go choose to be free choose to walk in belief that you are better than what other people have done to you And you should never let yourself be defined by what other people have done to you, what happened in your past, nor should you let your actions be dictated by how someone treats you. You dictate your actions out of the character that you want to show to the world, and forgiveness will really be the key for that. Thank you for those uh, final words. And 
for that resource, I will definitely um, list that book in our list of resources with a link for our listeners to be able to go directly through that link to see the book and purchase it if they would like to. Um, but those words of advice um, were a wonderful way to, um, to end our interview today in our session. It really brings everything together. You've taught us a lot in a short period of time about, again, forgiveness, healing, and, um, and creating the life that we want, living our best life possible. Thank you so much, Kimberly, for joining us today for Coffee and an Interview. Thank you, Jacqueline. Pleasure having you. I loved it.